We have a disaster called the big lie, Obamacare. What happens to those 20 million people who have health insurance? I believe, many people in my own state believe, that health care is a right, R-I-G-H-D, regardless of income. One of the traditional methods of imposing statism or socialism on a people has been by way of medicine. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290, News Talk 1290KOIL.com, and the News Talk 1290KOIL mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is presented by HKG Medicare Solutions, Renaissance Captive Solutions, the Omaha Press Club, self-funded plan administrators, and caring for people services. This program is produced by E.D. Bellis and available worldwide on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Hey, welcome, my friends, to America's Healthcare Challenge. Just another beautiful day in the heartland, keeping up on all the news and changes in the healthcare and insurance industries. And I'm always pumped up to do the show, but I'm especially excited because one of my favorite contributors is going to be joining us, Stuart Sloan, will be joining the program to talk about all of the changes that we've seen from the first 30 to 60 days of the Trump administration. There has been a major wave of activity, and we are going to report on some of the things that um, are most important to us as we're following these issues on a daily basis. Some of the things we'll be covering this week is taking a look back at the process used to pass the ACA under uh, President Obama. We're going to take a look at, at all of the things because, remember, folks, we're just getting started with any Health Reform 2.0 effort, despite what you might have heard in the news media, and we will break down all of those things. We'll also take a look at some of the things that were going on when the Affordable Care Act was passed. The ACA was passed in 2010, March of 2010, but there, as you will learn today, many, many uh, things that happened behind the scenes that caused it to uh, take an awful long time, and we think that that's probably going to happen again. And we're also going to take a look at some of the things that we can expect from any new replacement plan and much, much more here in America's Healthcare Challenge. By the way, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge, where we put out all of our extra additional commentary to all of these things. And we have really been stepping up our game lately. And so that page is something that you want to pay attention to. But let's bring in our contributor for the week, uh, personal friend and mentor of mine and uh, wonderful contributor here on America's Healthcare Challenge, Stuart Sonnen, president of SIG Consulting, online at uh, rcs-ins.com. Uh, Stuart, great to have you today. How are you? Good to be with you, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. Better now because I'm really excited about our conversation that we're going to be having today which is really helping listeners understand some of the context of how we got to where we are from a legislative standpoint and some of the things that we can uh, look at as we, uh, as we move forward. What are um, some of the things on your mind, uh, first of all, and then we'll get into the process used to pass the ACA under President Obama? Well, I, I think uh, what's really needed at this point, uh, Sean, is some degree of patience. You have a new administration that's really only been on the job for 28 days. Uh, some of the the uh, nominations uh, are still being vetted uh, by Congress. 
So, you know, there's still a process uh, of getting the team in place uh, so that all the things that people are looking forward to in terms of what was promised uh, in the 2016 election uh, can at least, uh, you know, have the uh, the pieces there in place so that they can uh, be worked on. Right. That's, now, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize just how long the whole process took to put the Affordable Care Act uh, in place. More than just mm-hmm. two years, we're talking about maybe 50 years in mm-hmm. the works for some of the things in there. So let, let's uh, take a look at the, the process uh, that, that was used, and I, I assume we're probably going to be talking about the reconciliation process a little bit as well because that's going to be maybe a mechanism of changing it. But uh, any thoughts on the, the original process to pass the ACA? Yeah, and I, and I think it's important uh, for the audience to really step back and reflect you know, how the ACA really came to be in the first place. Uh, after his inauguration in 2009, President Obama together with administration officials, uh, began closed-door meetings, working on a broad outline of what health care reform should look like. In late February 2009, interested parties within the U.S. health care delivery system were invited to an open discussion about their their perception of what the problems were and their suggestions uh, were for uh, correcting these problems. Following that meeting, Jonathan Gruber and David Cutler, healthcare policy experts, were engaged to help the administration craft an overall solution, working closely with congressional Democrats. They argued that guarantee issue would require both community rating and an individual mandate to be the backbone of any final reform plan. So following uh, continued discussions and debate, the ACA was passed on um, March 21st, uh, 2010, and finally signed into law uh, the 23rd of, um, of March uh, that year. The ACA is a series of health care reforms that expanded Medicaid and Medicare, uh, created insurance exchanges, both state and federal, and opened up the individual and small group markets to a new expanded uh, series of options. Right. It's a long process. It was a long process. I was there for uh, the whole thing, watching and reading about it every single day. And mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I don't think people realize the uh, the amount of effort that went into to putting that law together and the amount of things that they just threw all together to get it all passed in, in, uh, in the time that they did. Um, but the thing is that people don't also understand is that things were not – very good back then either with regards to how our health care system was, uh, particularly with regards to cost. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was rising at an unsustainable rate. Uh, how did it compare to other countries? Well, <clears throat> health care spending accounted for 17.6% of our GDP uh, in 2010, you know, the time that ACA was passed. That was down slightly from the 17.7% in 2009. The U.S. had the highest share of health care costs of any nation in the OECD, which is the Organization for Economic Development. That was 8% higher than any other OECD member uh, country, where the OECD membership uh, averaged 9.5 of uh, GDP for their health care systems. Uh, the OECD was established in December uh, 1960 by 18 European nations 
plus the United States and Canada, really to share data, to share uh, economic information uh, in terms of how to uh, prosper and sustain uh, their respective uh, economies. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty respected, respected source. Oh, is, they're they're a major source in the world. Yeah. Okay, I see. Well, how how is it comparing to costs then compared to now? Do you do you know much about that? Well, uh, costs. You know, then as I said, uh, you're looking at seventeen percent. The statistics I saw the other day, uh, healthcare uh, increased uh, by about eight point eight percent in this past year. Eight percent it grew by. Mm-hmm. And what did the economy grow by do you, compared to that? I uh, don't have that figure. Okay, but I I know that it was more probably more than the economy. Yeah. Right now, and that's yeah, and that's sure. really where it starts to have an impact on on all of us, mm-hmm. because for for many reasons, maybe uh, listeners might have had an example where they are charged more for um for for their health care costs uh, and their wages did not go up and. The reason their wages might not have gone up is because the company didn't grow, and but healthcare is growing faster, and yeah. their company's growing, and so yep. that, has. that's kind of an example. We're we're gonna we got to take a time out in a couple of minutes here, but um, anything else to set the stage, I guess for for the folks, because when we when we get into the next segment, we want to take a look at um, what the ACA actually covered and how it was paid for, because that's yeah. an important. I, I part think of the that's discussion. important. Okay, so we'll take a time out here on America's Healthcare Challenge uh, just shortly, and then we'll be right back where we will take a look for uh, for for those of you that are for that are just joining us. This is a public service uh, program to uh, help you understand all of the changes that are happening in healthcare and uh, in insurance because it is having an impact on on all of you. And so when we come back, we're going to take a look at how the ACA uh, went through, which we just covered, but more importantly, what that actually was covered in that, because this is going to affect all of us and how it was paid for. Another really important part of the discussion. Check out facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge during the week, where you can find uh, this segment and all of our other ones. And subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcasts. Uh, You can find us also on SoundCloud. We'll be right back. Healing Tree is Omaha's premier counseling agency providing individual, couples, and family therapy. Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed at work, depressed, or angry. Bill, Laura, and their team are there to help. All of the therapists at Healing Tree are professional and understand your situation. They accept most insurance and they're confidential. Located in Omaha's historic old market, their office is one of a kind and a great way to escape the stress of everyday life. Check HealingTreeOmaha.com to learn more. That's HealingTreeOmaha.com. Hiring employees, complying with regulatory changes, and so on makes it hard to focus on running your business. Let Simplify HR Solutions help. We're an outsourced human resource management organization with more than a century of combined experience helping people just like you. Click SimplifyHRSolutions.com to learn more. Marketplace Nebraska is a full-service resource for anyone who needs help with their individual and business health insurance needs. If you got a tax bill from the IRS for not purchasing health insurance, let us help you. With more than 1,000 
20,000 people helped into Obamacare so far, we can get you signed up fast and over the phone. Depending on your age and income, policies can be as low as $20 a month. Click MarketplaceNebraska.com to learn more and sign up today. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience event or work outing is the Omaha Press Club. With an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator, what are you waiting for? Click omahapressclub.com to learn more. Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The healthcare system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for healthcare expenses in retirement or choosing the right plan? Her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402-502-5286. 402-502-5286. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to E.D. Bellis INC and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know healthcare. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomeninatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected best of all Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. I earned capital in the campaign, political capital, and now I intend to spend it. And now I intend to spend it. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire on News Talk 1290. Join the conversation on Facebook at hashtag America's Healthcare Challenge or like our page at facebook.com backslash America's Healthcare Challenge. And welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 1-800-577-1290 if you'd like to join the conversation with Stuart Sloan and Sean McGuire here. Stuart and I are talking this week about where we are as far as uh, essentially a month into the Trump administration, and man, there's been an awful lot of activity uh, as uh, as uh, as seen in in the news conference, which was quite the battle last week. Stu- uh, I guess yesterday, Stuart, did you watch the news conference? Or I guess, as I said, Trump is the news in many ways. Um, did, did you check that out? Yeah, I did. <clears throat> yeah, it was yeah. pretty interesting. Um, but uh, anyways, we're talking about. Um, any ACA type of replacement plan this week. Um, can you explain exactly uh, what the uh, ACA covered and how it was paid for? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that any type of change could ha- could have an impact on certain folks. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. <clears throat> the projected cost, this was in March of 2010, was $940 billion, supposedly over 10 years. Uh, and supposedly, the statement was that we reduced the deficit by $143 billion over the same 10-year period. So the question comes in, you know, what did it cover? Uh, it covered the establishment of health insurance exchanges 
uh, the uninsured and self-employed uh, uh, people would be able to purchase insurance through state-based uh, and also uh, federal uh, exchanges uh, for individuals and families uh, with incomes between 133% and 400% of the poverty level at that time. Uh, subsidies for individuals and families who made between 100 and 400% of the federal poverty level uh, to purchase their own health insurance. And the federal poverty level, as established at that point, was $22,050, uh, a very low level. And then paying for the plan, uh, Medicare payroll tax on investment income, uh, this was expanded uh, to include unearned income, and that was a new 3.8% on investment income for families making more than 250000 per year and, and 200000 for individuals. Then the excise tax, uh, which was supposed to begin in 2018, uh, would uh, pay 40% tax on so-called Cadillac tax uh, insurance plans uh, for $27,000 for families and $10,200 for individuals. Uh, this was deferred until 2020, and obviously now with a with a revamped plan, that's not going to come into play at all. Then there was a tanning tax, 10% excise tax. The on John Boehner tax, services. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Medicare closes the Medicare prescription drug uh, donut hole by 2020, and it seems who hit the donut hole before then. Uh, would receive a $250 rebate. And then in 2011, seniors uh, in the cap will receive 50% discount on their brand-name drugs. Uh, then Medicaid expanded uh, Medicaid, uh, as we just said, for the states that, that agreed to expand their Medicaid uh, program. And then insurance reforms. Insurance companies could no longer deny children coverage based on pre-existing uh, pre conditions. Insurance companies cannot deny coverage to anyone with 3X. Insurance companies must allow children to stay on their parents' insurance plans until age 26. So it was a lot of different things affecting, obviously, every segment of the population. Uh, individuals, families, uh, you know, employers, uh, people of Medicare age. It really had an effect on everyone, Sean. And then you mentioned the employer mandate, too, right? That's one of the biggest biggest ones in there. Yeah, too. It is. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, there's. I think it was almost nineteen or twenty taxes overall in in the yep. law to to pay for it, and that's going to be a huge issue when they try and do any sort of replacement. Because how are they going to pay for some of those replacements? And that's and that's the ongoing discussion that, that's happening right now. Right, you're absolutely right. People will realize how powerful the Congressional Budget Office can become. Yep. In the whole process. One of those things, though, that is important and I think um, is interesting, too, is this issue of community rating and how it works under the ACA. Uh, do you think community rating will stay uh, under the ACA or, or under any Trump care plan, I guess? Uh, that's really another one of those issues that's, uh, you know, that's up for debate. But let's talk about that for just a minute. Uh, it's a way to price insurance. It's when all policyholders in a given area pay the same premium no matter what their personal health, age, gender, or other factors are. Uh, the communities and area which the insurance is offered in 
uh, could be an entire state or just part of the state. And so <clears throat> under adjusted or modified community rating, insurance calculates a community rating and can adjust the cost basis only for family size, where you live, if you're a tobacco user, and your age. Insurance uh, Insurers are limited on how much they can charge for these things. For example, they cannot charge the oldest people they insure more than three times what they charge for the youngest person, and they charge tobacco users more than 50% more than what they charge uh, people who don't use tobacco. They can't do that. So this is uh, sometimes called modified community rating. Um, and the, the Center for Medicaid and uh, Medicare uh, Excellence recommended that rating areas be limited to a maximum of seven per state and that each market would utilize a single risk pool. So there wasn't a lot of choice. And this was a major change because uh, health care products uh, could have, as far as uh, insurance company filings, as many as eight different rating bases prior to the ACA. So this was a major change under the Affordable Care Act. One of the things I heard when I listened in on the, uh, I guess, the tapes from that retreat, Republican retreat, was are they looking at moving that number around from the three to one to a different number? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's are, one, of the, one of the provisions. Are we going to cover that later, or should we maybe let people understand what that might mean? Because the original thing, I think, is that's one of the reasons why it kept young people from going in, because didn't their rates go up mm-hmm. because of this? Yeah. Some of the discussion, just to make a quick comment on that, John, uh, was to move it to five instead of three rating areas. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that that might have an impact a little bit, huh? Yeah, it probably would. Yeah. If they retain, uh, you know, modified community rating. Right. All of these things could potentially be in play, and this is why it's going to be so, so unbelievably interesting to uh, go through. But... You know, a lot has happened in the last 30 days. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can remember 30 days where it's been anything like this before. Uh, has there been any progress in any repair or uh, replacement of the ACA efforts? Yeah, let's let's talk about that for just a minute. <clears throat> um, if we remember that the ACA took 13 months to be developed and passed, there's been a great deal of work done behind the scenes thus far. And it's just, as you said, 28 days into the new uh, Trump uh, presidency. I think the anxiety we see is that people want to know what their options will be for continued coverage. They want to make sure that they don't lose what they have, and they are anxious for details of what the cost of a new program would be. Today, the ACA provides coverage to 20.4 million people uh, who uh, do not have access to employer-provided health coverage, or government-provided coverage. So, uh, you know, in a population of 324 million, uh, 20 million may not seem significant, uh, but it has a, a major effect on the economy uh, for these people in terms of their cost for, for health care in regards to everything else that they pay for in the House. So one of the things that Trump has verbalized, and was just yesterday, that with all these behind-the-scenes efforts, he wants to make sure that people that have coverage right now are going to be able to retain the coverage they have on some basis going forward. 
You think that's possible? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, that's. I hope so. I hope so. Um, and I know that it was difficult. When, I mean, didn't President Obama say if you like your plan, you can keep it? Yes, we certainly remember that. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd want to go on record as as saying those things with all of these these changes that that could potentially happen. But um, any other th- thoughts on any repair and replace effort? I think it's going to be more repair. Personally, I think they're um, going to be doing more I repair. I think there there are going to be several different elements. There there will be certain elements of repair. Uh, some of the things that were in the ACA obviously will be changed. Uh, other things will, will uh, you know, take other pieces place. Mm-hmm. But I think what you're going to see is an overall attempt to make sure that everybody has coverage on some basis that's affordable. And I, I think the key word here is affordability. That really wasn't the case since 2010, not with a 25% rate increase uh, in the Obamacare exchanges, uh, you know, for 2016. Mm-hmm. It was called the Affordable Care Act, but it wasn't affordable. Is that what That's you're saying? That's correct. Yeah. So, well, how do we drive down costs? I think that's kind of the ultimate question that everybody's trying to figure out. I mean, do you have any thoughts on well, that? Well, I don't have any, you know, magic bullets here. But, you know, there there are various proposals that are out there. And, you know, we'll discuss this as we move further, you know, into this show segment. Um there are various proposals in terms of using different techniques in terms of controlling costs, uh, what insurance companies you know, can charge, the plans that they offer, uh, taking away some of the, uh, the minimum essential coverage that was a requirement that made the Obamacare coverage so expensive. Mm-hmm. Right. I think those are some of the changes that, that we'll see, Sean. Right. I have a couple ideas that I'll probably share as well. Uh, we're up against the timeout. Uh, before we uh, do, do take a timeout, uh, I wanted to see if you had any final thoughts because next segment's really important, I think, because a lot of people are talking about, well, what if we go back to what it was like before the ACA, and we're going to talk about what those rules look like. Mm-hmm. And so we'll do that more with Stuart Sloan and uh, here on America's Healthcare Challenge. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge, 402-342-1290. Our Facebook page, facebook.com slash America's Healthcare Challenge. And also check out our website, healthreformexplained.com. And you can actually start subscribing here at the end of next week to our very new newsroom where we'll be compiling all of the stories so you can uh, save an awful lot of time just by plugging in to us. We'll be right back. Unfortunately, much of the media in Washington, D.C., along with New York, Los Angeles, in particular, speaks not for the people, but for the special interests and for those profiting off a very, very obviously broken system. The press has become so dishonest because the press honestly is out of control. The level of dishonesty is out of control. I know what you're thinking, punk. You're thinking, did he fire six shots or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Caring for
for People Service is a company who's compassionate about helping others. Um, we really want to make sure that everybody has a fulfilling life, no matter what stage of their life they're in. We have a really dedicated staff of caregivers. They go into people's homes and they provide all kinds of services, as basic as companionship, somebody who just needs a little bit of extra love and care. So they go into the homes and just depending on what that client needs, they're gonna make sure that they attend to those needs. We just really believe in the value of providing non-medical services to people in their homes. It gives people the independence and the confidence to live the way that they choose to live their life. If you or a loved one needs help, call Caring for People Services today at 402-334-6900 or visit us at caringforpeopleservices.com. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. You worked hard, scraped and saved for years, and thought you had everything figured out for retirement. Now you're looking at higher premiums, health care costs, and uncertainty with your doctor. Let E.D. Bellis help you solve this problem and find the right program for you. Go to E.D. Bellis INC and request a free consultation. At E.D. Bellis, we know healthcare. Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The healthcare system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for healthcare expenses in retirement or choosing the right plan? Her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402 502 5286-402-502-5286. I can't take this anymore. My company just got a letter from the IRS about Obamacare, and I don't know what it means. It's so confusing with compliance, changes in health insurance, managing employees. It's, it's just too much. Call Sean McGuire at E.D. Bellis. Who? Sean McGuire. He created a company called E.D. Bellis to help people just like you. But it sounds expensive. It's a fraction of the penalties you might pay. The people at E.D. Bellis are always trying to find ways to save money and have services for companies of any size. Call Sean McGuire at E.D. Bellis at 402-884-9020. He'll find a way for your company to save thousands on health care and prescription drugs, as well as compliance costs. Your first consultation is free. Call Sean McGuire at E.D. Bellis, 402-884-9020. 402-884-9020. At E.D. Bellis. They'll help you solve the problem. Lack of transparency is a huge political advantage. And basically, you know, call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. Call it the stupidity of the American voter or whatever. But basically, that was really, really critical to get anything to pass. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on News Talk 1290. For more or the latest news inside Washington on healthcare, visit the show's website, healthreformexplained.com. Now, here is your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. 1-800-577-1290 is the number. We're, we're doing something really important in this segment. We're going to, uh, I think, people educate people about what really was going on before the ACA was passed. 
because it's now 2017, Stuart Slonin. Uh, should we go back to some of the old rules before the ACA became law? I know this is kind of a controversial point. Well, you have to step back, see what was, you know, so that we can move forward and people can appreciate, you know, where we've come from uh, and what changes to potentially, you know, uh, you know, expect. Before 2010, uh, the marketplace, regardless of whether it was individual or group, uh, it was go anywhere, do anything. The options were, were out there from a pricing standpoint. Uh, depending upon what you wanted to spend, you'd find coverage some way, somehow. Uh, you know, the onus rules that people talk about is, you know, maximums per year or lifetime max or pre-existing conditions. Those are the things that, that bothered everybody in addition to the rate increases. But you could always find an insurance product at some price uh, that you you could uh, you know to take up and afford, whether it was an HMO, a POS, uh, you know, a PPO, uh, you were able to find something. The 2010 uh, ACA law changed all that, put in uh, new tight rules, uh, and we've lived with that since 2010. Here we are, you know, in 2017. So I think we need to look at what potentially, uh, if we go back to some of those rules, we shouldn't be surprised in case under the current deliberations we find some of them coming back in some form or fashion. Um, this would repeal some of the market rules uh, where insurers generally had more leeway to use individual health in enrollment and rating for non-group coverage. Uh, people without pre-existing conditions were generally able to purchase coverage anytime from private insurers. For people with health problems, several approaches you know, have been proposed, requiring insurers to accept people transitioning from previous coverage without a gap, uh, also allowing insurers to charge higher premiums within limits to people with pre-existing conditions who have had a gap in coverage, and establishing high-risk pools, which are public programs that provide coverage to people declined by private insurers. Uh, so for people enrolling in high-risk pools, some ACA rep uh, replacement uh, proposals provide for federal grants to states uh, that would establish those, those uh, pools. And so there are basically three different groups, people transitioning from employer coverage or Medicaid to non-group, people with non-group coverage uh, who develop a health problem, and people who are uninsured are not considered to have continuous coverage who want to buy non-group coverage. Uh, the ACA simplified the rules for health insurance enrollment, uh, rating and benefits in non-group marketplace. Generally, benefits are the same for all policies offered in the state with four levels of cost sharing, bronze, silver, gold, and platinum, and so people under the uh, current ACA system were able to find some level of coverage uh, that was guarantee issue coming in the front door. That is the ACA marketplace, you know, we recognize today. And what the marketplace was before, you know, the rules that I just mentioned, Sean. I heard that guarantee issue might be, a, was it Rand Paul that brought that up? As uh, getting rid of that, is that did you hear the same thing? Yeah, I I did hear uh, some of the same thing. Again, these are all proposals that are being discussed right now. Mm -hmm. Right, Ben. Not nothing is law by any means. It's going to certainly take an awful long time to get there. 
do you, I think another theme that I, I've heard or I, I, I can see out there is this theme of um, choice, allowing people to potentially choose to being uh, underwritten. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that could be be something out there. Um, anything else that uh, people should know about uh, r- really what was going on uh, before the ACA was passed? No, I think we, we generally gave the outline. I think we should move on uh, to the next part because it's really important now that we explain where things were, let's talk about what's on the table right now. Right, right. And you said there's a lot of activity yeah. going on behind the scenes about uh, repeal and replace of the ACA. Can mm-hmm. you tell us uh, some of the things that are out there and why it's necessary right now? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you basically have got four proposals that are out there. Uh, you've got Rand Paul's Obamacare Replacement Act, Bill Cassidy's Patient Freedom Act, uh, Paul Ryan's A Better Way, uh, and uh, Representative Tom Price, who just became uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, Empowering Patients Act, uh, which he, he brought forth last year. But what those are specifically is repeal the ACA, which obviously is, is target number one from the Republicans, including mandates, private rules, standards of minimum benefits, etc. Um, retain some of the private market rules we just talked about, uh, you know, including, uh, you know, age 26 for children, prohibition against pre-ex, uh, and, and condition uh, exclusion periods, provide refundable tax credits, provide for one-time en- enrollment, uh, for people who are making the transition from the ACA into some form of this new coverage, require insurers to offer portability protections uh, from people wherever they're coming from, implement uh, state high-risk pools with $25 billion in federal grant support, establish association health plans and individual health pools uh, through employers and individuals uh, can purchase coverage, permit the sale of insurance across state lines, Encourage the use of health savings accounts, particularly if we're going to have uh, different plan designs, uh, and again, with you know high deductibles uh, than we've seen in the past, and cap the exclusion for employer-provided health uh, benefits. I think we mentioned that in the, the last segment. And permit enrollees to opt out of coverage uh, on the pro- programs uh, with employer if they have access to employer-sponsored group coverage and convert federal Medicaid funding uh, to block grants uh, and convert Medicare to a premium support system, that is not going to happen. Getting back to the employer area, just so you have some figures, Sean, on average, employer coverage for a single worker last year in 2016 uh, was $6,400 and change, while uh, uh, family coverage was $18,000 and change. Employers uh, uh, took uh, the cost for about 80% of what those figures were uh, for single plans and about 70% for family coverage. So a blueprint for health care overhaul uh, would include a limit on how much of that value would be tax-free. Now, this is new, and yes, it's controversial, but you have to start somewhere. Employer health plans uh, cost more uh, than that limit, then the difference would be subject to uh, income tax, just like wages. Yes, and that that's uh, going to be pretty controversial if that does come up, I think. Mm-hmm. 
as are all these other tax reform things as well. But again, it has to be looked at in terms of how do you make a new system fair? Uh, you know, everything in life is not free. There's a cost for everything. The question up until now is who bore that cost? Uh, and as we look back in Obamacare, the majority of that was the federal government. Well, there's no free dollars. There's no free lunch left out there, Sean. Mm-hmm. So trying to look at these other sources of split cost funding makes sense uh, in a revised new plan. Yeah, I would say it, it all everything's going to be on the table. But that's why I think some of these taxes might stay in because they're going to need them to fund a replacement. Yes, you're absolutely right. So it's just going to be... It's going to be interesting to watch that. that that's going to say anything else before uh, we're up against the timeout here in a couple minutes. Do you have any thoughts before we transition to our next uh, no, theme? These, these are four proposals that I, that I mentioned are the main proposals on the table. In addition to the fact uh, now that you've got the, the HHS secretary in place, um, you know, and, and you've got other parts of the team, you know, coming online. Right. All right. Okay. Well, um, we're, when we get back, when we come back, we're gonna we'll look at the win. Uh, we might see uh, more specifics, and um, we will uh, talk about a little bit of the news and uh, share your final thoughts, uh, Arth, and uh, my final thoughts as well. Here on America's yep. Healthcare Challenge, four zero two three four two twelve ninety is the number if you'd like to join the conversation online. Health reform explained. Dot com. That's the mission of this show, Health Reform Explained. Should be easy to remember, but check it out, and you can get a copy of our newsletter for this month. It's really good. We'll be right back. Obamacare is a disaster, folks. It's a disaster. You can say, oh, Obamacare. I mean, they, uh, they fill up our rallies with people that you wonder how they get there, but... They're not the Republican people that our representatives are representing. Are you about to turn 65 or currently on Medicare? The healthcare system can be a complex and frustrating maze, but it doesn't have to be. Holly and HKG Medicare Solutions are here to help. Need help planning for healthcare expenses in retirement or choosing the right plan? Her advice is absolutely free and specific to you. HKG Medicare Solutions is contracted and authorized to consult on Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement plans. To schedule a consultation, give Holly a call. 402-502-5286. 402-502-5286. Hi, I'm Sean McGuire, and I founded Edie Bellis to help your business make sure it doesn't get caught in a bureaucratic trap coming out of Washington. I was there on Capitol Hill working for the Senate Finance Committee when the Affordable Care Act, commonly referred to as Obamacare, was created, and I have read the entire bill. Let Edie Bellis guide you through the maze of the American bureaucracy as you adapt to changing rules and regulations that will affect your organization regardless of size. Our team has been specializing in the Affordable Care Act and consulting since it began. We offer custom consultations, seminars for you and your employees, and can help your company prepare these necessary IRS forms that leave a penalty of $500 for noncompliance. We also offer advice on employee benefits and can help you find the latest technology solutions to help automate your business. For more information, check out 
www.edbellisinc.com or give us a call at 402-884-9020. At edbellisinc.com, you can sign up for our exclusive newsletter to stay on top of the latest coming from Obamacare. You've seen the movie Father of the Bride. When it comes to weddings, there's enough to worry about. Consider the Omaha Press Club as the venue for your baby's big day. With memberships as low as $15 per month, rentals are free for members. And we have an executive chef who will design the perfect menu for you. Click OmahaPressClub.com and our event coordinator and wedding planner will contact you for a zero-obligation consultation. That's OmahaPressClub.com. The Omaha Press Club, where you belong. Research shows moving is one of the most stressful events in a person's life. But thanks to two men in a truck, it doesn't have to be. They have everything you need to move. A courteous professional staff who will customize your move, which includes a no-obligation estimate, a schedule to fit your convenience, and all the necessary packing supplies. And two men in a truck will help you watch your budget, too. Don't stress. Let two men in a truck handle your home or business move. Go to twomenandatruck.com. Two men in a truck selected Best of Omaha for nine years straight with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Take control of your company's health care costs with self-funded plan administrators. If you're feeling the pain of Obamacare, we have innovative solutions for your organization. Click self-funded.com to learn more and sign up for our exclusive white paper to take control of your company's health care costs. Looking for the most exclusive club downtown? The perfect place for your next dining experience event or work outing is the Omaha Press Club. With an amazing view of Omaha and featuring a certified executive chef and event coordinator, what are you waiting for? Click omahapressclub.com to learn more. This is America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. I just see a huge train wreck come down. On News Talk 1290. Join the conversation by calling 1-800-577-1290 or online at healthreformexplained.com. Once again, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Online, healthreformexplained.com. With Stuart Sloan this week, this is Sean McGuire. And uh, we are talking about a possible ACA replacement plan, the who, what, the when, and the where. And that's what we're going to focus on is the when, when we might see more specifics about an actual ACA replacement program. Stuart, uh, what do you think about that? Stuart, uh, your thoughts on an ACA replacement plan? Well, uh, at a closed-door meeting uh, at the Capitol on Thursday, uh, House Speaker Paul Ryan of Wisconsin and other leaders described a broad vision of what a replacement bill would look like. Uh, here's just a short description of some of those. Uh, we've covered uh, some of this in, in, in some of the early segments. But again, <clears throat> a revamped Medicaid uh, program for the poor, tax breaks to help people pay doctor's bills, and uh, federally subsidized state pools to assist those with costly medical conditions to buy insurance. One option being pushed will replace the tax increases in Obama's uh, uh, law uh, with new levies in the value uh, of some employer-provided health plans. Uh, Other things included, I mean, Obama's law uh, levied $1.1 trillion in taxes over a decade to finance its expanded coverage. Uh, The leaders, GOP leaders, said some of these taxes could be re- repealed and replaced by a new tax on health care that employees receive at work. We just covered that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, individuals would pay taxes on the value of such coverage 
uh, above $12,000 for individuals and above $30,000 for families. That's more generous uh, than, than you know, the Cadillac tax. And as far as the expansion of Medicaid is concerned, that would be financed uh, by federal uh, by the federal government, would be phased out in terms of the way it's set up right now, and extra Medicaid uh, money would flow to the states uh, in terms of determining uh, what they would do with it in the form of block grants, and then measuring that for a period of a couple of years, then establishing a system uh, in terms of what what the money uh, would would be used for. Uh, in the Medicaid program thereafter. So these are a couple of the ideas that have been floated uh, by Ryan uh, at that meeting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, what about this issue of tax credits? Is that good for the consumer? Because I heard on the flip side that it's tough for people. It doesn't really help people because they still have to come up with the money and then get reimbursed later. Well, again, one of the, one of the critics... Uh, of that and also health savings accounts is that people at the lower end of the spectrum, you know, don't get any help in terms of tax credits. Uh, Beyond a floor that would be established, they would get funds uh, to buy health coverage. Beyond the floor? Yes. I see. I see. What are, um, what are the, I think Medicaid expansion, for example, is going to be a huge thing and there's, you know, the people in all these states' capitals, Medicaid is a is a huge issue. Do you think state legislatures and governors want to take on more responsibility for Medicaid? No, they really <clears throat> they really don't. And they they some of the states have tried. You know, and Florida is one of them. Have tried to put forth um, uh, proposals to uh, have a different type of a plan, and those were turned down. Several of the states uh, were turned down for having an alternative type of a plan. Uh, ironically, a successful state uh, that did that was Indiana. We're going to talk about that in, in the very last comments that we'll make. But again, uh, I think that, that any replacement plan, uh, the Medicaid segment is, is absolutely huge. Yes, yes. And, and it's costly, too, from a, mm-hmm. from a yeah. taxpayer standpoint as well. Yeah, but totally um, but w- why don't you bring you brought up Indiana? That's a I think that's important because Seema Verma, which is the head of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, was going through the confirmation process recently. Yeah, uh, what yeah, what did you think about? Let's Indiana? talk about that just just uh, briefly. Um, with with Tom Price as the health secretary now in place, uh, one of the team members that that uh, needs to join. Uh, is you know is his protege, which is Seema, uh, you know Verma. Um, she's a healthcare consultant, and she helped him uh, in Indiana uh, set up a Medicaid uh, type of a program. Uh, Medicaid in general, as a as an agency, uh, oversees programs that cover one out of three Americans. So as you said, uh, you know it's a huge, huge program, and, and it takes huge funding. That's the reason why the push to uh, to block grants uh, is something different than what sits out there right now is so important. Yeah. Uh, the finance committee uh, vote on on uh, Verma's nomination is not expected uh, until next week. Okay. Well, she seems she seems to be on track, uh, you know, to be you know affirmed. Great, great. All right, Stuart, we're uh, running up against the end of the time. Thank you so much 
for joining us. And again, uh, they can find you online at rcs-ins.com. See you next time, Stuart. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see you next time here on America's Healthcare Challenge. Until next time, Sean McGuire signing off.